0: Welcome to the Be Brave Podcast, where ordinary, badass, brave women speak their stories of courage and strength. We hope that by hearing the struggles and successes of women, just like you, it will help you be brave.
1: Please note that the Be Brave podcast does cover adult topics that include overcoming adversity and areas of sexual abuse, addiction, depression, and other difficult experiences.
2: You can Turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug. You can be the
1: outcast to be the backlash of somebody's lack of love. Or you can start speaking up. Nothing's gonna hurt you the way the words do when they sit. Settle- Hello, everybody. This is Kara Brooke. We're back with the B Ray Podcast, and I have two introductions today. Number one is I have a guest co-host today. My beautiful friend, Vicki Cook, is co-hosting while Patty is on a break. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And our guest that we're interviewing today is Laura mack Twist. She is a former professional athlete turned certified lifestyle fitness and yoga coach. She is the founder of The Yoga Fit Life. For over 25 years, Laura has helped women ditch the belly fat and brain fog. She resets hormones, reshapes bodies, and renews the mind in her proven YFL program so women can transform into a new chapter of life filled with passion, purpose, and wellness. She is happily married with two boys living in Seattle, Washington. Laura is with us today to share her journey with in vitro fertilization the setbacks and the successes, and how she used what she taught as a fitness and yoga coach to keep her mentally and
2: physically healthy through all the ups and downs. Welcome, Laura. Well, thank you so much for having me here. It's great to be here talking with you both today. Thank you. And Vicki is going to read the quote that we read at the beginning of every one of our podcasts.
0: One day, you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide. That's by Brenny Brown, if anybody doesn't recognize it. And I would like to invite Laura to tell us about her desire to have kids and her journey to becoming a mom
2: to start us off tonight. Well, I love that quote that you started us with. So thank you for sharing that. Yes, it's, it's great to be able to share my story because Actually, when I was going through having kids and thinking about having kids, it was still not talked about a lot having going through IVF, and I certainly had no idea of the roller coaster of emotions and how many steps in just one journey getting um, getting pregnant and how many steps it takes to get there and how many hurdles and it's as if you you get one set cleared and then you're on to the next one and then you're hoping and praying and then you go to the next one and the next one and it's just not one or two steps it's multiple steps before you even get that heartbeat and so i had no idea of that and it was i think now there are more support groups which i think is great i ended up having one girlfriend that she and i had the same doctor and so we did have some camaraderie and some time to talk and So my husband and I got married later in life. So we got married when we were 39. And then in baby making ages, over 35, you're considered high risk. And I'm doing air quotes for high risk right now. And I'm like, high risk. I'm like, I've taken care of myself all my life. I'm coachable. I can eat what it takes to, you know, make my body healthy. I can, you know, slow my body down. I can do the meditations, you know, tell me what to do, coach. I can do it. And there's a lot of other factors that are not controllable in going through IVF. So I really had to focus on those things that I could control. And one that it was a harsh reality was you only have so many eggs in your body. And as you get older, you have fewer and fewer. And of those, not all of those would be viable. And, And then same thing, men on their side, they have different things that could happen. So we did go through some beginning steps before we jumped into the IVF. You could do um, an IUI, which is what they call the turkey baster, and they just kind of inject it into you. So we did a couple rounds of that. And then there's another type called Clomid, and that helps you produce more eggs. and, And then hopefully that could work. We did two rounds of that. But I will say that one of all of them made me the most emotional. I mean... One day I dropped a bowl of oatmeal and I was like, whoa, you know, it was like, I'm like, I don't know who this person is. I don't know what is happening, but like, so, so that didn't work either.
1: Clomid's a drug, right? So it's a it was prescription. So I would imagine then, especially with what you're talking about with your reaction, it's has something to do with regulating your hormones.
2: Yeah. Okay. So it's another hormone thing. And I'll tell you what, that one was just that one was probably my least favorite because everything was emotional. Oh, I miss. Oh, my gosh. I can't talk anymore. Or, you know, the light turned red. Wah, I can't believe it. You know, I mean, you did two rounds of that.
1: Yeah. You said. OK.
2: Wow. That's what I said. Um. So then, you know, it was it came time to. OK, well, we'll go ahead and, and try the IVF and. So basically when you 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 go in and day two or three after your period and they see what's going on. And then if it looks like this could be a good round, then you start shots and you do about two, 10 days, two weeks of shots to help boost everything. And I was never very didn't dislike needles, but I certainly didn't like them. And when you when you read the direction, inject in a dart like motion, you know, you're like grabbing this little pinch on your belly and then you round forward so you have more to pinch and then you have to like inject it in your belly and you're doing that multiple times a day and it's like oh my goodness and you know you have to do it in the morning and nighttime and it's you know those are kind of times that you'd like to just kind of relax and not have to worry about it because then you're thinking about it all throughout the day and then you're doing it again at night. And there it is. Did it go in? And so I do have a funny story along the way that, so you're using these smaller, smaller needles that are the insulin needles. And then there's also a longer needle, the 18 gauge needle. That would be something that you would use to ingest or um, to use for progesterone. So you'd use that one in your booty. I got the needles mixed up. And I'm gonna say that having a two-inch needle going in your belly, it's for the good of the baby. I could (laughs) do this. And I'm trying to inject this in my belly. And I'm like. Well, no wonder this round didn't work. I probably was injecting my kidneys. And it was just, I mean, so there was that. Um, we can laugh about it now. Yeah. And it was, because at the time, I had this like large bruise as well. And that movie Black Swan had come out. And I was like, ah, it's my Black Swan. You know, and anyway, it was just, um, there was just a lot. Every time you're doing the shots, it's just you're hoping and praying and saying, okay, let this let this help my body and do what it's supposed to do. And so then you, you, get, you get through that and then you, oh, okay, good. We have, enough, we have enough eggs to to take out. Okay, so then you get to that phase. And then, so you're put under and then they, they take out your eggs and then they'll fertilize the eggs and then they'll let the embryos grow. So you might, younger people may have anywhere from, I don't know, 10 to 30 or 40 eggs that they can pull out. I never had more than six. On a high end, and usually it was just maybe like three or four, and then you have a percentage of those that actually turn into viable embryos. And so, so you, let's say we start at six, and then we have three that work, and then maybe one or two will turn into into that. And then after that, then you have to decide how if you want to put one or two in, right? So understanding that two, you could get twins, <laughs> be a whole different ball game. But you know, at at this age as well, then you know they they thought that two that would be okay because you know have a higher chance of one of them taking right. So we did one round and nothing took, and that was actually really devastating because I was just positive it was going to work. I'm like, because this was before my fake syringe needle in there, and so I, I just you know I was I was confident and I knew this was going to work, and then we found out and then. So we we injected, we had the embryos, we put those in and then after, and then you have to wait another couple of weeks. And during this two week period, for me, I had to be more of on bed rest. And that was kind of a weird thing because the doctor said, well, you have to be fully on bed rest. He's like, well, you can get up and go to the bathroom, but just kind of relax. <laughs> like, ooh, make <big> time. <laughs> I'm like... You know, and coming from the opposite end of that, you know, I was, you know, had clients all day long, and I was training myself, and I just finished competing. I had a dance team, and so you know, I was this active, moving person, and I'm like laying in the bed. How does this work? I'm like, you know, talking to my belly. How's everybody doing? And we're gonna (laughs) figure out how does this work, you know. So I was doing all those things and then you go back and then you get tested again to see if your hormone level is high enough and to see if it took and and then you're all excited and, and then nothing. And then it's, ah. so then you have to, again, wait till your system kind of reboots and then you get your period back. And in this time you, you have and flow with your weight and how you're feeling. And so the second round, we did get pregnant with our oldest son, who is now 11. And that was amazing. And then, you know, then, so we did find out we got pregnant, but then you still have to wait that 12 weeks to get that heartbeat. And so, you know, that and fine. And then we finally got that. And then it wasn't until then that we could actually breathe easy. So it was like a good three month journey that we did a lot of deep breathing, a lot of like, okay, let's stay calm. And, you know, and you have to keep hopeful because that's really one of the things that you can control and, you know, I controlled like what I could do for my movement. I was, I was steady and more still instead of bouncing around. And then he's, you know, after that, after, uh, the two weeks when we were pregnant, then, then he said I could do some walking and things like that and light exercise. And so I did some light yoga. I did some light bar classes, but never, never anything too, never anything intense at this point. And that was a new thing to get used to from coming off of like working harder and getting more strength and more endurance. To okay, now my new challenge is just to get moving and to not exhaust myself, but just pleasantly energize myself, you know, feeling. Like I was stretched out and feeling good in that sense, but not draining energy. So the whole type of workout shifted. And then going through the pregnancy, I discovered I was going to, I had morning sickness for eight and a half months, which was, wow. Yes. (laughs) Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, um, that was interesting. And I did gain a lot of weight. And, you know, like towards the end, like I get, ended up gaining about 65 pounds on it. And, you know, and you have um, people saying different things. Oh, do you eat just everything you see? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> people would say that to you? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. I know. And then, you know, it was like six months. When do you do? I Any mean, you day now? I'm like, yeah, no, I got three more months to go. <laughs> So, like, you know, we all just carry the baby. And so it turned out, though, like, he was 8 pounds, 14 ounces. He was 22 inches long. So that's a little bit on the bigger side and a little bit longer side. So then I was able, I will say this, then I was able to to breastfeed for about the first seven months. And we knew we really wanted to try one more time. But we knew to you, you had to get things back in alignment. But when we were getting ready to start again, trying and using the IVF, they noticed something wrong with my thyroid. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And so with that, then I had to get that under control. So then I had to go on medication for that.
0: Laura, can you just tell us a little bit about what Hashimoto's is for those that don't know what Hashimoto's disease is?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's an autoimmune disease where your body thinks that your thyroid is a foreign body. And so it attacks it. And your, your thyroid really helps you with your energy levels and your, your metabolism. So it's something, there's a lot of different variables of the thyroid and different components that you'll have to look at to make sure that those numbers are within the range of what they need to be for getting pregnant. And so I had a great endocrinologist that I worked with. And so we were able to get an imbalance. And then we tried another I'll fast forward a little bit. Then we tried another couple rounds going through all of that. And, and then we did another round and we were able to get pregnant. And then during that, when we were hearing the heartbeat, they also, the nuchal fold, which is there's a, a fold in the back of the neck. They noticed that it was bigger. And sometimes that can mean that there's a genetic type of thing that happened to it. We must have gone through the next seven weeks. We went through so much testing. And the things I can describe it as, it was what they ended up finding was something, if you were to go into, let's say the largest library, Alexandria Library in Egypt, which is this huge, huge library, and you were going to try and find a single misprint in one volume of one book in that entire library. And then that's almost like to the rareness of it, and he was like it's one of those things where you you could probably win a lottery before the chances of getting this cuz it was so rare and then by the cuz this took about 7 weeks of testing and stuff and then and most times the child doesn't end up getting birth or if they do then they don't live too long so we ended up we lost that baby and so it was a late term pregnancy loss and that was really devastating and that took us a good long time to heal from. That took us uh, like another year. But that within that year, we had a lot of other tragic things that had happened. And so there was just no way that I didn't have endurance or emotional wherewith trying to go through that. So about a year later, then we tried one more time. And that didn't work. And then we, we did one more and we decided because I'm like, I, I don't think I have enough emotional stability to go through this because it's just it's just too much up and down and up and down. And like each little step of like, OK, your numbers are in here and then, OK, this is growing. OK, then this is possible. And then, OK, these took together and then, OK, we're going to implant and then, OK, they're growing. And so I just knew that the last one we did had to be the last one regardless whatever was going to happen. So this last one ended up taking and so grateful. And he, um, and again, I got eight months of nausea. However, I was more prepared this time because I had my little nausea wristbands and so I was a little bit uh, more ready. (laughs) But again, you know, changing up the workouts and it's different when you're Going through that pregnancy later in life. And I think the the whole sleep thing was a different thing and with the Hashimoto's. And that can give you brain fog. And but getting that under control, then once I had the medication, that helps them. But you know, just having a little one and being pregnant nauseous and you know it's it was just it was a lot and then we had our second son so it was a, a long journey but it, you know with lots of ups and downs and but the two biggest ups so we're just going to go with that part yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome i
1: so i don't have children of my own so i have two stepdaughters they're absolutely wonderful and i love them i and I, but i did in When I was married to my ex-husband, we tried to have kids. And I did the basal thermometer thing and the tracking. I never got to the point to have to do any in vitro, and I never got pregnant. I do remember going to my doctor at one point, and he did an ultrasound, an internal ultrasound. And he's like, well, you know, he's like, maybe only one of your ovaries ovulates. Maybe you only ovulate every other month. And I'm like, and he said it so matter of factly. And I'm like, that's like a thing. Like I I just, I was in my twenties and I'm thinking everybody's got two ovaries. Every female has two ovaries and one puts out an egg one month. And then the next month, the next one puts out an egg and it goes back and forth like a happy little uterus with ovaries. Right. <laughs> And we never, I guess I said, our marriage fell apart before we got to a point where we were like going to get serious other than the trying that we were doing. But yeah, I did, you know, another friend of mine was pregnant, was sorry, was trying to get pregnant at the same time, we would compare notes about the thermometer. And, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I know that, you know, for her, it was really disappointing. She didn't have she ended up having two beautiful kids didn't have to go the in vitro route. But even at that beginning stage, have it being so disappointing because sur- we were surrounded by other young women who were trying to get pregnant and some would have success. And you'd be like, I think I have success. And then you're because you're a week late and then you get your period. So listening to what you just said about all the different iterations is amazing to me. And I am so impressed by what and I think women are so, you know, people can be so strong when they need to be. And that was just, just, I can't imagine going through what you went through. And I know there's so many women that do go through it. Have you at any point during that? I know you said there weren't a lot of support groups. Did you find some support through other couples or other women
2: while you were going through that? You know, we we had one other couple that we were going through it at, at the same time, and our pregnancies were pretty similar. And then I had another friend out of town that was also kind of going through the same thing. But I don't think that there was a lot of support groups. I will say the other thing is too that you know, as as important as it is, is to have that support. It's the one thing that you're always focusing on, and sometimes you just need to be out and about and you don't want to talk about it. You just, you know, you just need to think about something else. Think about the the blue skies and a walk with a, a friend not talking about that or, you know, just so in a way I didn't, I thought having a couple people was great to be able to talk about it. But at the same time, I wish there was more like information. And it was not until our last round when I was asking the doctor wasn't a regular one, it was a different one. I'm like, so what are the the actual like percentage chances, you know, that this could work? Cause you know, I'm a teeny bit older now. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to say a specific number. In my head, the number I was thinking was like 25, 30%. And then she came back with eight percent. And I'm like, what? I'm like that, that is not a that's not, I'm, you know, I was just floored and it was so shocking to me that it was like such a small percentage, and and again, I'm like, well, yeah, no, no matter what, this is the last one, so um because that's just not a, a number to gamble on or to to put all that energy and emotion and because that's not a big number, no, <laughs> single digits, no, that's a
0: very small number.
2: I'm like, I don't know, I'm maybe it's really good I didn't ask that in the very beginning and I had my own ideas and. <laughs> mind over matter at that moment. I don't know. (laughs) I'd like to ask a question.
0: What would be the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody else beginning this journey? What, you know, what would be, you know, what do you, what do you wish you knew at the beginning of your journey that you could share with somebody else?
2: Yeah, I would say that there are so many roller coasters and, you know, keep your, emotions midway so your highs don't get too high and the lows don't get too low and you know celebrate each step but not like a monumental celebration because it is one step in the journey and you can just to keeping keeping that a little bit more midway instead of too extreme on one end or the other. And I think having some sort of calming or deep breathing, prayer, meditation, something that you can hold on to that continues to give you hope. And hopefully this can bring you and your partner together. Sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. I was lucky my partner and I were my husband and i were you know in it to you know for the long haul so so that was a good support and yeah and taking it just one day at a time and giving yourself more grace than you think you need to because if you can build that up and fill up that part of your heart And that can take you through when you're having the low part.
0: I'm glad that you use the word grace. There's a quote I love by Anne Lamott that says about grace, and she writes all about grace, which I love. Grace will meet you where you are, but it won't leave you where it found you. And I think that's always for me, that's like kind of a powerful spiritual statement when you're going through something like when you're going through hard things, Yeah, you need those kinds of those, like that quote or that recognition that it's not going to be like this forever. And, um, you know, I loved, I I just have to say, I loved your positivity and the way you told the story and even the hard parts of your story, the way that you voiced them with such grace and competence and without any self-recrimination or judgment. Like, I think if I were to like, get anything from your story, it's, it's just you were so it It wasn't matter of fact, like it wasn't that there was no emotion to it, but there was such there was such a grace and you were really in it and you were so open with your story and honest with it. Like, I think that's what Karen Patty's podcast is all about. You know, this be brave. There's um, and I'll say one more thing because I, I shouldn't be talking this much, but you kind of inspired me. There's there's uh, I think the root of the word courage is cur. And I think it means heart in French. And so when I think of bravery, I, I always think of courage and I think of heart, like it's, it's the love, like the love that you, like I heard the theme of love from your husband, the way you took care of yourself, the way you took it easy. Like I heard you were a competitive athlete. I know what it's like to be a movement person and then not be able to move. Like if anybody listening to this is a movement person, you totally understand, like taking that away from you is like, taking food like starving you you know it's like starving your spirit so just so much grace and and all of that and i'm glad you had a supportive partner so anyway that was my two cents after my question so thank you
2: oh thank you i appreciate that yeah it was um it's it's definitely been an impactful chapter i think of my life as i've i've had these couple really powerful chapters of like When I was a competing and a professional athlete, and then this is a big chapter on its own, and then now what I'm doing is the next chapter, and I envision a few more large, monumental chapters ahead. And yeah, so if I can help make someone else's journey less scary or more smoothly done, or more—I don't want to say enjoyable because it's not really that enjoyable. Um, that's not the word I want to use, but just making it more palatable. Well, inspiring.
0: You're inspiring somebody else. It can be done. You're showing somebody else that it can be done. I think that Brene Brown quote at the beginning really shows that. So can you tell us what about your um so what's it like being a mom?
2: They <laughs> are now eleven and eight. And you know, we, we actually I will say this. So we just took them to Cancun. I was teaching yoga there for a week and we stayed at this wonderful all-inclusive hotel and since it was all-inclusive you know the food was included and um the white sandy beaches and then it had a real long toe and not a lot of uh ocean waves and so it went out pretty far so we felt good with the kids going in the water we always had an eye on them but you know they're going in the water You know, then going, my older one would go to the bar and order his orange Fanta, And then my younger one was just loving life because every morning there was the smoothie bar. And so he would get his cactus, spinach, mango, ginger, you know, some sort of this amazing smoothie. (laughs) So the lady at the smoothie stand gets to know him. And then like, and I didn't realize that they were on a friendly basis. And so there was one day I went in early before everyone, um, before the rest of our family went. And she's like, well, how's Zach doing this morning? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) He's good. He'll be in later for his smoothie. And then he's like, yeah, mom. And then the lady at the ice cream stand, because they do, it's kind of like a a smaller scoop, like a gelato or the Mexican ice cream has, um, like it's like an ice milk. And so, so he loved this lime sorbet ice cream milk and um so he's like yeah he's like the lady will see me now and she'll stop the rest of the line she knows to get me my two scoops of ice cream and by the time I get up there she just hands it right over the counter to me <laughs> that <laughs> is adorable you two are growing up
1: way too fast <laughs> that zach is going to be in sales
2: someday <laughs> I can see it now <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are both, they have such personality. We went with another couple of ours, friends of ours, and oh my goodness, we just had a ball. And so the kids are are having so much fun and and, you know, growing and exploring different sports or activities. And yeah, so life is good. It's full and just trying to grow and learn with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
1: awesome. That's
2: adorable. I love that. I always
0: say that parenting is like one of the greatest spiritual journeys you'll ever be upon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Really is. It's funny because sometimes one of our sons will do something and my husband and I look at each other and we're like, well, that came from your side. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of that.
1: (laughs) I love that. You know, I love one of the things that you said earlier, and I just wanted to point it out or reiterate it, you said that there were some times going through all of this where you just wanted to hang out with a friend and not talk about it. And I just want to mention that because I think that's great. No matter what you might be going through, it may be all consuming for you. And yes, sometimes you want to talk about it. But there are times, you know, if, if you're trying to be a support person, maybe it's a good question to ask, like, hey, do you want to talk about this? Or do you, do you want to hang out and not talk about it? Because no one wants you to ignore it. Right, But there are times when you're like, okay, I need a break from this stress that's going on in my life. And I don't want to think about it or talk about it.
2: It is so true. And I, you know, I think because of this experience, you know, if I have a friend going through something, I now because of that, I'm always, well, do you want to talk or do you want to talk about something else? Or do you want quiet time? Do you want to just, go for a walk and not say anything until you're right. You know, just putting it out there, because like you said, it's, it's still happening and it's not just a snap of the finger to go away, but to give them options, where, where are you today? What, what feels good to you and being mindful of that so you can actually be there to help them where they are. Yeah, that's great.
1: So I know that you work with women our age. Is that, have you always done that or have is this since the experience you've gone through and I know you mentioned brain fog as far as one of your symptoms that you had did you kind of did you change your model at some point to start working with more um women Well, well maybe it's always been women but women who are more of our age or or has that always been your model pre peri
0: post-menopausal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I had, I kind of feel like as each chapter I was going through, I was kind of that was the one I was more focused on. Like when I was a professional athlete, I was I didn't train athletes, but I did more athletic people that, you know, were more just an active lifestyle, or I did more choreography or or coaching in that sense. And then going through the pregnancies, I did work with a lot of women pre and postnatal you know, and helping to kind of get back into their new normal, maybe not the pre baby body, because your body's never going to be the same, but going into their new normal and, and helping women learn what that new normal is. And then I feel like, you know, working with the women over 40 and discovering, oh, this is, this is what's going on. And I, you know, I'm not positive, but I feel like because of all of our IVF rounds, I feel like I went through menopause a little bit younger. And because of that, I also started doing a deep dive. Okay, what are the things that we should do? What are the things that we need to steer clear of? How can I clear out my mind? How can I, you know, what other things do I need to incorporate? And how can I share this with others to make their transition smoother? (laughs) So, you know, this part of it, probably, you know, the last like five or eight years has been much more of this type of a focus. You know, The training for your body that you do in your 20s and 30s is different than what you do in your 40s and is different a little bit than what you do in your 50s and 60s. And that's not to say that you're not going to have those weightlifting days or your yoga days or your high cardio days. It might just mean you need to shift it a little bit. And so I like to help people if they're doing too much intensity, if we need to pull it back a little bit, or if we're just getting started in a workout program, this is a great way to get started. We need to increase your muscle mass so we can have that bone density, so we can kind of boost up your metabolism. So, and just like no two no two people are the same, no two bodies are the same or how they react. And, and I think that's one of the fun things about being able to work with clients is, you know, it kind of helps me, um, I had a clothing line and I got to design the I, the patterns and the, the outfits and stuff. And But all through my life, I've been able to help design women's bodies based upon what they're looking for. And, you know, and it, this is a really fun time right now because it's, you know, a lot of times at this age, women are being able to... Their life is not only hormonally in transition, unless you're like me, then your kids are a little bit older and then might be transitioning out of the house and then it's like, "Whoa, what do I do? I have all this time now, and I'm not you know full on taking care of kiddos they we never stop taking care of them. I understand that, but you know it's it's a different way. and so maybe there's a new passion that you want to take, you know, try out or maybe there's a new type of movement that you want to try out or maybe maybe it's just time to explore what's interesting to you. So I feel like being able to help guide this next step, this next journey, how to make it the best quality of life that you can have at this time. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank (laughs) You're
1: you welcome. On that note, you uh, had offered for our listeners a free two weeks of your
2: program. Yeah. So you can check it out at the yogafitlife.com. And well, I'll give you the code, which is podcast, and you can try it out. We have 30 minutes or less yoga classes. We have some that are longer. We have strength training. We have a foam rolling, mobility, and we're just now adding some mindfulness classes. So it's the whole kind of gamut, having that quality of life, that whole wellness, the full circle of your mind, body, and strength. So. Oh, that's great. I love, oh, I don't love foam rolling, but I
1: know the benefits of foam rolling. <laughs> and...
2: <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, it's so interesting as I've, I've gotten much more into it that, you know, just 90 seconds on it, you know, just even doing a little bit on your upper back and opening through your chest. And, you know, I'll tell you what, it feels like the best adjustment and I'll roll on it on my upper back and I'll go, I'm like, I guess I needed to listen out that app a It yeah. <laughs> was like
1: success right there. That's a sound of success when, you, when your back cracks from the foam roller. Right.
0: I did go to your um, website, Laura, I, and I loved it. I loved so much of what you had to say. And it does talk about like membership, a monthly membership and an annual membership and that includes all the working out but it also said that it includes nutrition and tips for women who are you know pre peri postmenopausal so it seemed like you had a lot more than just you know the the exercise videos it's like there's a lot more information for the membership
2: yeah we have so i'll i'll add new um, recipes in monthly so i guess a lot through post and menopause You know, changing up of a diet can make the big difference. So I'll definitely add in some gluten free and some dairy free. Those are two of the bigger changes that a lot of people have tried, and that seems much more successful. You know, and I'll, so I'll try and give a variety of recipes and options. Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. No, it's, uh, your website is fabulous. Really, really great. So I hope, I hope our listeners definitely take advantage of that. It's a great way to let people, you know, get to know you. I mean, I love your story. I love your energy. I mean, your enthusiasm is just for life is infectious. So, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't want to work out with you.
2: (laughs) 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 Come on, join the fun. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: I will put on our website uh, and in the description, I will put your link to your website and with the and the offer for the two free weeks with the, the code of podcast. So that everybody no one has to necessarily remember this or rewind it or re-listen to it, but they can um they can find all that information on the website. And I'll put it in the email that I send people too. Oh, wonderful. Yay! It's the
0: yogafitlife.com. So just like it sounds D H E Y O G A F I T L I F E yoga fit life, the yogafitlife.com and Laura MacQuist. L-A-U-R-A-M-A-K-Q-U-I-S-T. You can find her. We're going to put all her handles for Instagram and Facebook on the podcast link to Kara. And then she has a YouTube channel, which is Laura Mac Attack Fit. So L-A-U-R-A-M-A-K Attack Fit. So lots of ways to find Laura and check her out. I, I, You are listening to her. We got to see her. She is beautiful. She is smiling. She is vibrant. Um, I highly recommend checking out all that she has to offer. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome.
2: Thank you, Laura. Thanks for being with us tonight. This was great. Oh, it was such a pleasure. What a treat it was to be here with both of you tonight.
0: Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Have a good night.
1: We hope this podcast has inspired and empowered you to overcome what might be holding you back from living your best life. If you love this podcast, please share it with a woman you know who needs a little empowerment. Now go out in the world and be bold, be brave, be you. Perfectly
0: imperfect you. With love, Cara and Patty
1: happen if you say what you want to say and let the words fall out honestly i want to see you be brave i want to see you i just want to see you i just want to see
2: you i want to see you be brave
1: boy am i tripping mixed and edited by desmond mcneese for we mixed it llc Go to WhatSoundsAwesome.com. That's never going to happen, though. Take that right out.